Hello there. This is Jolie Bindo from the Hollow Chronicles of a Jedi podcast. You're listening to the Old Republic podcast. Please like and subscribe on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Leave a five-star rating review, and Brian and Cassia will feature it on the pod. Now, enjoy the show, and may the Force be with you, always. We are the Old Republic Podcast. Spoiler alert for everything Star Wars under the Twin Suns. This is where the fun begins. Alright everyone, today we are uh, back with a really fun episode, I think, and if you're familiar with the Old Republic podcast at all, uh, you know that we are big fans of Knights of the Old Republic, and therefore, uh, you could probably deduce that we are big fans of video games in general, and we are joined today uh, by a very excellent uh, YouTube uh, gaming channel, uh, does uh, playthroughs, live streams, a whole KOTOR series, uh, Star Wars things, all sorts of good stuff, but we are joined today uh, by Ragebox. Ragebox, how are you doing? Hey, hey, howdy, hey, how's it going, guys? Great to be here. Absolutely, we are we are doing great, and we are excited to have you on, and uh, you know, dip our toes into kind of this uh, video game streaming uh, online uh, world that you have going on here. So, um, like I mentioned, kind of on your channel, if you if you look at it, there's all sorts of stuff. And uh, if you go to the about page, um, and it's just it's just Ragebox YouTube.com uh, slash Ragebox. You can go there. You can see like all the schedule of things that you do, and you do a lot of. Uh, really fun stuff. It looks like you do, um, you do like Star Wars Wednesdays. Uh, it looks like Final Fantasy Fridays. You have all sorts mm-hmm. of um, sort of things going on. And you've just recently, also in addition to all the video game stuff, started a podcast. So um, I guess just kind of generally, uh, how did you get the channel started? Um, what were kind of your your goals? How has it changed? Um, you know, just you know, just kind of a, a brief history of the Ragebox YouTube. Well. It all started back in, I think, about 2011. It's been a while. Um, and I was just a regular kid on the internet like anybody, uh, just looking at Let's Plays, like the early Let's Plays, the first ones that people started doing. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to get into that, but I, I didn't know what I was doing back then. Uh, but gradually over time, I looked into it. I did my own research. I kind of self-taught myself how to record and use programs to edit software and whatnot. And... Just started doing uh, my first Let's Play mm-hmm. was actually Kotar. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, the very first one. I'm doing a I'm doing a redux of that now. Like the Kotar Let's Play I'm doing currently is like a redo because that one, being it's my first one, is pretty low quality, right? Uh, and pretty cringy. Not gonna lie, some of the jokes in there are just uh, I look back and I'm like, oof. So <laughs> I had to re- had to redo it. Um, but yeah, so I just got started because just from seeing other people doing Let's Plays and whatnot kind of inspired me to want to do the same thing. Just like kind of as a hobby at mm-hmm. first. And I've been trying to, uh, you know, get out there, make it make it like a full-time thing. But but it's, you know, it's tough. So. Sure. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. And it's uh, really cool that you got started uh, doing it on KOTOR. Uh, mm-hmm. were, were those kind of your uh, introduction to video games? Or I guess how... Um, did you first like get into video games? Was it something you played like growing up, or you got into like older um, in like the computer space more? Or yeah, uh, video- how'd you how'd you uh, first get into video games? I guess yeah, video games. I started when I was about maybe six years old. Um, 
my very first video game I ever played was Crash Bandicoot on the PS1. Oh, okay. that, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, Brings yeah. back some Uncharted 4 memories. Uh-huh. Yeah, Naughty Dog, they're great. I, I remember the day I found out Naughty Dog did Uncharted. I was like, wait, that's the guys that did Crash <laughs> Bandicoot? Like, really? That's crazy. But anyway, so... Yeah playing crash and then spyro and twisted metal and just all the classic ps1 stuff i wasn't really a nintendo kid at all like all i really played was playstation and so i played like just about every classic playstation game that you can imagine um yeah and and that, that's part of the reason i do playstation saturdays is because i i like to uh I know, I know my way around the whole playstation uh genre i guess so um but yeah i just got i just got started with that like just one day picked up a ps1 and a well, for Christmas, I think I got it, uh, mm-hmm. Crash Bandicoot, and yeah, the rest is history. Just, but oh, mostly, that's... mostly PlayStation, and then I moved on to like Xbox, and you know, and everybody's like, "You never really played Legend of Zelda? You never played Mario?" I'm like, "No, I just never got into it. I don't know." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that's that's cool. Um, yeah, I re- I remember getting the PlayStation. I'm you know a little bit older, so I was actually I was working my first uh, part time job. I was working at McDonald's, and I remember I got my first paycheck, and it was enough to cover the PlayStation One. So I bought that, and my parents said, you know, if if you buy the PlayStation, we'll buy you a game. So I got Final Fantasy Seven. Uh, they got for me, uh, but I didn't factor into the finances required for a memory card. So like the first uh... two weeks I had it, I just literally played like the first twenty minutes of Final Fantasy Seven just over and over again. People used no. to leave it running. Like, they would leave it just running all night long. I had friends that did that because they didn't have the money for a memory card, so they would just leave their games running. And then my one friend, he was, like, 80 hours into a game. Maybe not 80 hours. He was pretty far into a game, and the power went out. Oh. <laughs> he was so pissed, dude. Yeah, that's that's um, yeah, that's um, what you have to do. And, I mean, you know, way back to, you know, you said Legend of Zelda. Well, that had, that had save files. But, but yeah, on the Nintendo, you'd have to leave them running. You'd, like, unplug it from the TV so your parents wouldn't know that it was still turned on. And you could mm-hmm. just go and, and plug it back in to, to keep it going. That's how they get extra money out of you with the memory cards back in the day. Like, you know. That's right. Oh, yeah, and, for sure. And then, for and then sure. when the Xbox came along... It had the memory card built in. Remember the original Xbox, how it had like a hard drive in it? That yeah. like blew my mind. Like you, you can't understand how much that blew my mind. That <laughs> I was like, wait, I don't gotta buy a memory card? Like holy crap! That, was that it was a PS3 amazing. memory cardless? Uh, I believe yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. Every every because that became the standard. Like once Xbox did it, nobody else could do it. Like because you know what I mean. Like that that just became like the standard thing to do was to have a hard drive built into the system. So yeah. That's right, yeah. And now on the uh, on the current gen, you have the hard drives on there, and they're just big enough to hold like your install file for uh, whatever game you're playing. So mm-hmm. uh, they get eaten up. But yeah, call, yeah that's Call that, of Duty taking up everything, right? <laughs> that's that's right. Yeah, that's that's awesome though, and I think that's uh, a fun fun way and it's awesome that you got kind of into this and you know you kind of taught yourself how to do all these things and now your uh channel's gotten uh pretty large and you're doing all this really fun stuff so uh you know when you sat down to do like a like a stream like one of your patreon streams or like a uh kind of a let's play kind of a thing what what do you like about that is it you know getting to interact with the fans or is it just is it literally just playing the video game uh what part of it do you find the most enjoyable i guess i would say like sharing my love for gaming in general like is what that's kind of why I do the whole channel, honestly. But getting to interact with people live while I'm playing, like meeting people, um, new people who they like they they'll come into the stream because they like the game I'm playing and like they'll mm-hmm. give me tips and whatnot. Because sometimes I'll be playing a game that I haven't played before. And they'll come in and they'll give me tips and whatnot, and that that's always fun. Just like meeting new people and 
yeah, like I said, in general, just just sharing my love for gaming with people. That's uh, that's what it's all about, I think. Yeah, very cool, very cool. Um, and it looks like um, you, you mentioned you started with KOTOR and the Final Fantasy. Are RPGs kind of your, your preferred game genre, or what other kind of genres Definitely. of games do you like? Definitely RPGs are up there. Um, I also like shooters, you know, I'm a big shooter person. Uh, and any kind of action-adventure genre is is always great. Like, I really enjoyed, like, Jedi Fallen Order. That was that was a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um. Uh. What about what about you, Cassia? I think I think I know the answer because uh, you're a big Uncharted fan. But what are some of your favorite uh, video game genres? You know, Kotar is its own genre. You know, we hold that in high esteem. But uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I guess when I first got my gaming station, you know, like I was a big Harry Potter fan. Uh. Obviously, was always a big Star Wars fan. So played a lot of Harry Potter games. Uh. Did you play the PlayStation 1 Harry Potter game? Because that was my shit back in the day. I must have beat that like 50 times. Uh, It was more... um, I got that one on computer. And then PS2, I got uh, Chamber of Secrets. um, But I did go to someone's house and and play uh, the PlayStation 1 Sorcerer's Stone and like Hagrid did not mm-hmm. look good on the PlayStation 1. <laughs> he has one Hagrid as a staple though. Yeah. That's, that's right. He's he's just composed of four triangles. It's uh it's pretty epic for sure, for sure. Yeah. That, yeah, and then no, I, I did love Uncharted and I saw the Uncharted movie this year and now mm-hmm. I just kind of don't really have a whole lot of time to play ironically even though we talk about kotor like every week <laughs> right yeah yeah no say same for me really um and i do i do try to play more video games now than i have previously but you know i'm kind of in the same boat so i'll go online and uh you know go to someone uh like you ragebox like your channel and and watch a playthrough or a let's play there so i kind of you know can can get that get some feeling for the story the way that the game plays um yeah, and kind of experience that, you know, communally, you know, as now, you know, everything's uh, onto the internet. We're not, you know, sitting down on the couch with our friends playing video games. You're doing it kind of in this uh, online space. So I think that that's, that's pretty cool, and it's awesome to, to get an audience together and uh, neat that yeah. they can, you know, kind of come in and share that with you. It's kind of about, like, community building, too. Like, I really like to try to build up the community and get people talking and, and our Discord and stuff like that. That's always fun. And that's another thing I never even thought about um, when I started was giving people, like, uh, a chance to, like, if they don't have time to play a game, like you just said, but it's mm-hmm. like they can watch me instead. And right. it's like, that's like another, I guess, part of it that's that I didn't even, like, initially think about when I started, you know, doing it, but... Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and just as as for me, my favorite kind of game genres are yeah, those action adventures, Uncharted, Fallen Order. Uh, those are probably my my new current uh, sort of favorite game genres. Um, of course, RPGs. Although um, as we just mentioned, the time that makes those a, a little bit of a challenge. But um, I'm I'm old school. I like the old school like point and click adventures. So that's what I'm more uh, inclined to to play. If I'm gonna sit down and do that, I'll revisit like one of those um, from my uh, childhood. I just uh, recently played through uh, Full Throttle on my. Own own uh, twitch channel which is very fledgling you should not come watch it you should go watch uh the box man and uh, <laughs> not watch don't watch me but um, no, i just played through that so so um 
So it's it's pretty fun. So um, as I mentioned, I'm just I'm just kind of starting to dip my toe in it a little bit. Um, I have no real ambitions other than it's just an excuse for me to actually sit down for an hour or two and play video games every once in a while. But anyone else out there who's listening who might like to do this a little bit more in a professional capacity, uh, like yourself, Ragebox, do you have any like tips on how to get started or um, you know? Tip, tips or tricks, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, for the for the general audience. Yeah, definitely. These these are the things that I learned. Um, the the first is to do do the research, like look up uh, what you should be doing, like as far as equipment. Like you don't. Mm-hmm. I see so many people they'll start streaming, and the, it'll be like from their PlayStation Three or something or their PlayStation Four, and it's like the lowest quality thing possible. Now, another tip I have, though, is just start streaming. Like, just get out there and just start doing it. But mm-hmm. as you're doing it, you you got to go for quality at the end of the day. You got to really be trying to um, to up up your game up because so many people I'll see, they'll, they'll, they'll just be streaming, like a low-quality stream for years. Like, one person I know, I always tell him, but he just doesn't listen. He just streams from his PS4, and he, he really doesn't get anybody watching him. That's fine if that's not... Like, if you're not going for trying to build an audience and all that, then that's one thing. But if you're mm-hmm. trying to build an audience and you want to be serious about it, do the research, get the equipment, like, get a microphone that's, like, decent quality, webcam, whatever, um, and get the get the proper programs, OBS, all that stuff, um, and just do that research, get that set up, Uh you know, test your audio levels. There, there are a lot of people coming to their stream, and I can't hear them over the game audio. And mm-hmm. and it's and I'm like, hey, I can't hear you. Like, I'll tell them too, so they could like fix it up. But you gotta like, you know, you know what I mean. Like the littlest, the littlest things can be off, and it messes with the quality so much. No one's gonna stay. Like they'll come in, they'll leave, and you just won't build an audience. Um, and another tip, another tip: play games that you enjoy. Don't play something that like you hate because you know, somebody else wants you to play it or because you think it's like the popular game right now. So you got to play it. Don't mm-hmm. do that. If you don't enjoy that game, because it's just, it's going to um, affect how you talk to the audience when you're streaming and how you play. And it's just all around, not going to be good. Um, okay. And another tip, this is one of my favorite tips. When you're first starting off, you know, you, for a long time, you're going to have no viewers. Like you're not going to have anybody just, it'll be a big old zero. Mm-hmm. But you have to you have to talk like you have a hundred viewers watching you all the time, like all the time. Never never be quiet. Never be silent. There should never be like more than ten seconds of silence, because if somebody does come in and you're just sitting there silent playing a game, more than likely they're gonna leave. So if you're constantly chatting up about what's going on in the game or whatever, even just talking to yourself, somebody comes mm-hmm. in, they might say something to you, you talk back to them, and then what, what do you know you got a viewer now? And then another person comes in. So it's kind of like a snowball thing you want to you wanna go. And for my final tip of this spiel is, of course, the corny classic, never give up. If you're serious about it, you're, it could take a year, it could take two years, it could take... I mean, it could take a while, but just don't mm-hmm. give up because eventually you'll start to build the audience and like you'll have a community going. So just a lot of people, they'll start streaming and after a week or two or a month of not having anyone, they'll just give up. And then so it's like the dream's dead, but just don't give up because it, it'll happen. It'll happen eventually with enough perseverance and consistency. Yeah, so. definitely. Definitely for sure. Um, and yeah, you you talk about that kind of persistence and that's, you know, that's kind of the same 
here that you know uh we've faced like in the in the podcast field it's just about being consistent and Mm -hmm. and and being out there and and doing it and you know eventually kind of that that following will come um but yeah you just at at the at the start you just can't yeah you know you have to do it because you love it and then and then just keep going with it and speaking of podcasts that's something that you just started on on your channel i think you just did your third episode uh talking about uh obi-wan how did the how did the podcast come into being was it just you wanted to talk just you know, kind of outside of the, the video yeah. game realm or just talk more about Star Wars or, well, or how did not, the... I wouldn't say it's out of the video game realm because a lot of what we discuss is Star Wars video game related stuff or just Star Wars in general, but it's meant to be a Star Wars podcast, but just kind of like the broader scope of Star Wars, like whatever's going on, you know, we'll just, we'll chat about it. But mm-hmm. I, I kind of just want to do something new, that's all. I just want to bring something a little fresh to the channel because... um. Well, I do have a decent amount of subs, I have been kind of stagnant for the past few years. Like, I, I only get, like, maybe 100 subs a month, and that's not go- that's not great. That sounds good, maybe to some people, but that's really not that great. So, mm-hmm. I just try- I'm just trying to dip my toes into different things and, you know, try try it out, you know, see, see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure, no, and I think, I think that that's good, and it's... It- it's always good to have a, an outlet to talk about the things that you yeah. that you like. I know, um, Cassio, we do like the um, Inspired a Galaxy stuff, you know, just because we, you know, sometimes want to branch out a little bit. Yeah. And just, you know, kind of dip our toes in other things and, you know, just kind of scratch that creative itch. And, you know, it gives you an outlet to do it. And I think that that's that's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. and why don't we why don't we stay on Star Wars? One of the things you do on your channel uh, is you do something that's called Star Wars Wednesdays, uh, yep. which is awesome because you're just playing uh, Star Wars games uh, during those time. And of course, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, um, you know, be, being the king, but we love, you know, pretty much all of the Star Wars games. So when did you first get into Star Wars? You mentioned, you know, KOTOR was your, your first stream, but, uh, you know, into the, the movies or like the EU books or what, the video games, how did you first get into, into this uh, crazy uh, Star Wars universe? Uh, well, the first time I ever saw anything Star Wars, I was about eight years old, and it was a commercial for The Phantom Menace, uh, and it was show- it showed, like, the pod race and everything, um, mm-hmm. and that, and that hyped me up, it just, it looked so cool, I want, I wanted to see it, I wanted to see this movie, like, just that one commercial got me hyped as hell, so I told, uh, I told my parents, I'm like, hey, like, Star Wars, like, I want to see it, so of course they got me the original trilogy on VHS. Did you get okay. the, the whole original trilogy, or right? The old one. What I don't remember. Okay. I do not remember. Um, but it was on VHS, and this was like, you know, 1999. So uh, I watched the whole thing, watched the whole thing through. Uh, and I loved it, of course. You know, I loved it. But the whole time, I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, where the hell is this pod race scene? <laughs> I'm like, where's the pod race? Like, this is what I, I wanted to see this. Like, so then I find out, you know, it has to come out in theaters. And by the time I found out, Phantom Menace was already out and it was done. It was, oh, I missed okay. the, I didn't get to go to the movies when I was a kid because I was too busy watching the original trilogy over and over and over again, looking for the mm-hmm. pod racing. So anyway, um, finally got episode one when it came out on VHS, watched it, loved it, uh, bought the video game. I, I had the, uh, the episode one video game. You remember that one? Mm. Yeah. For the PS1. That was the first Star Wars game I ever played. Uh, oh, okay. And, and I love that game to death. I, I don't I don't care what anybody says. I love the <laughs> crap out of that game. I used to go on murder sprees with Qui-Gon and Tatooine, like, just all day long. <laughs> That's all I would do. <laughs> that game was so great. Um, 
so yeah, just just that commercial uh, started it all, and yeah, I, I loved I loved all the movies, but honestly, uh, I got I gotta say, Phantom Menace. A lot of people have some hate for the prequels, but not I. I love them, and Phantom Menace is uh, probably my favorite Star Wars movie. Phantom Menace and Episode Five are kind of tied, but yeah. Okay, that's that's pretty fantastic. Uh, you know, we've talked to a lot of people on the podcast and, you know, talked to them about how they got into Star Wars. And episode one is the entry point for a lot of people, but I've never heard uh, someone's entry point was the commercial for episode one. And then you didn't yeah. even see it for like <laughs> for like a year after mm-hmm. that. That's a uh, that's that's pretty great. That's pretty great. Um, yeah. I, I love that. The episode one game that was uh, really cool. Um, had that on the, the PlayStation as well. Um, I'd been into Star Wars games for a while, kind of up into that point so um yeah i don't have quite the quite the nostalgic feelings for the episode one game but but it was still pretty fun yeah. I, when you're on the you start up you're on the uh, trade federation ship there and uh yeah you're just you're just going to town with the lightsaber uh that's always that's always pretty good you, you so. can kill so many npcs in that game that like you wouldn't expect to be able to kill like you could just like kill and you could kill your own like you could kill anakin like when you see anakin <laughs> you can kill him if you do a, a, a like error message will come up saying Anakin has died and you got to restart the level but it's just the mere fact that you can even do it is so funny you can do it that's that's right and if that happened in a video game now people would lose their minds because the the video game wouldn't be canon then um mm-hmm. in that I case will. so <laughs> so uh but that's that's pretty good so we have episode one um you streamed KOTOR what are some of your other favorite Star Wars games we uh, mentioned briefly Jedi Fallen Order which was great looking forward to the the sequel coming out here uh later this year I think is the the last we've heard about that I believe but. so um, but but what about uh, anything else or any kind of standouts from Star Wars Wednesdays? If people are you know going back through your channel, uh, favorite ones that you that you like to either play or to to stream, ones people should check out, or what are some of your favorites? Like my favorite, you mean like my favorite Star Wars games in general? Yeah. Um, I would say well, my top five are of course uh, Kotar one and two, uh, Battlefront two, the original, the original Battlefront two. Oh yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know the Force Unleashed. And Republic Commando. Those are the those are the top five. Okay. Okay. I would um. Uh, but but after playing Dark Forces, because that's what I'm p- currently playing through now, on for Star Wars Wednesdays. Uh, after playing those games, I- I'm mm-hmm. still going through Dark Forces too. I'm almost done. But uh, after playing those, I I might replace something in that top five li- list with the Dark Forces series because those games are like gems. Like I wish I had played them sooner. Mm-hmm. This is my first time playing them well, for Star Wars Wednesdays, but yeah, they're really good games. Those are the Kyle Katarn ones, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. My boy Kyle, dude, he's awesome. I, I, yeah. I really wish I would have played them sooner. They're so good. Yeah, I remember um, back when the Dark Forces games came out because it was it was like the Star Wars like take on you know kind of that doom the first person shooter so it was kind of the first mm-hmm. uh first foray into that yeah and that was that was a big deal and those games are pretty great and uh yeah it's uh making me nostalgic i want to get back in and uh play those but uh cassia what about you kotor one and kotor two of course off the table but uh any other favorite star wars games or memories uh growing up uh, let me think. I really did enjoy uh the bounty hunter where you were Django Fett. It was a unique. Uh, that's one of the first games I played for Star Wars Wednesdays, actually. That was a good yeah. game. It really was. I thought it was a great use of the jetpack, and it came out like 2002, I want to say. So mm-hmm. it was it was pretty well done for the time. Um, and then Battlefront 1 and 2, 
the originals uh grew up on those i was sad there wasn't a battlefront 3 uh yeah just like kotar 3 yeah it's a shame yeah and then the Force Unleashed one, and then I'll basically count the Force Unleashed two as like a DLC. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> it just seemed a bit rushed. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, the Star Wars games can be hit or miss, but like, it's kind of like that with Harry Potter. Like, I I would always just like love playing the Harry Potter games, love playing the Star Wars games, and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Now I never played the Force Unleashed. Um, I did. I did order the uh, limited run version of it, so uh, I am going to have to eventually break down and and play it. But yeah, I've, I've never never played it. But I am starting Man, to go it back. Is, it is so good. You got to get on it like ASAP because that um, story, the Force Unleashed story, I like that better than Rebels. Like, okay. if I could choose, if I could choose between the two canons, I would say Force Unleashed because it's it's basically the story of how the rebellion got started. But it has Galen Merrick in the middle of it, and I won't spoil nothing for you. But but it's 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 really good. It's yeah, you definitely need to play that. Okay, okay. Play it on your channel or stream it, dude. Stream it. I'll I'll come to the streams and watch you play it. Yeah, there you go. You'll watch me play it uh, terribly, no doubt. But yeah, no, that sounds great. I I definitely want to get into it. I just I I just when it came out, like I was uh, I was just uh, out of the out of the video game, so I wasn't I wasn't into those. So um, yeah, that's good. Uh, Republic Commando. That's that's a lot of fun. I am terrible at that game. Terrible at it. Um, it might be because Republic I'm trying Commando's to play tough. it on my. It's it probably because I'm trying to play it on my Switch. I don't know if that's the uh, optimal way to be playing it. Probably not. But probably not. Um, no. But <laughs> but it's but it's pretty fun, and I do like that the games are coming to the Switch because it's an easy way to kind of pick up and play, especially those older games that you that you might have missed, stuff like that. Uh, Force mm-hmm. Unleashed are are coming through there, so um, yeah, it's it's definitely a a good renaissance. And yeah, that uh, that two thousand five, I think it was the Battlefront two. Uh, that was that was the best like couch co op game of all time. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've had many a great land party with that game. What what did you think though? Speaking of the Switch, what did you think about the recent uh, the bug with the Kotar two release and all that? Like, what 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 did you think about all that? I thought that it was unfortunate that it happened, but I it seemed like Aspire kind of acknowledged that it was there pretty quick and they got the patch out pretty quick to fix it. I think mm-hmm. it's just something that that slipped through because I the. The port for Kotor One is really good, and I, oh yeah, it was. It, it's probably it's probably a lot to do with. I know they're trying to do the the restored content part of that, so I don't know if it just kind of got overlooked or the way that it was playing as they were trying to do, you know, kind of the the version they pushed out and then uh, working in the restored content portion so i think i think it was just an oversight but i think that aspire did a really good job in the way that they handled it you know uh had it been you know <laughs> ea done it they, they would have been like what are you talking about a bug don't worry about it <laughs> so uh uh-huh, yeah, yeah so i was i was i was okay with it but I'm, i mean that that stuff happens i guess especially now i mean kind of the the general theory is that if, if you buy a game right when it comes out you're getting the worst version of the game so <laughs> I, think I, I hate that i really do hate that <laughs> so well, uh but yeah yeah right. i <laughs> I, I, but yeah, I was I was happy with the way you know, like I said, they kind of acknowledged that they messed up and and got it yeah. fixed. It seemed like fairly quickly. So uh, yeah, I I don't know, kind of any anything beyond that. So I have I have a uh, faith in them. And like I said, I've liked all of the other ports that they've they've done. You know, despite being bad at the Republic Commando, you know the the port of that seems pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. They're on the, on the Switch and stuff too. But um, so but speaking of uh, Kotor two or uh kotor in general you said that it was your first stream um you know kind of back when your channel was getting started uh, when did you play it for the first time did you play it on the xbox did you play it on the pc 
or did you play um you know like on steam later how did you kind of get into uh, kotor i guess it was it was on the xbox uh it, i was well, at, it was at a friend's house <laughs> yeah well i really didn't have a problem with it but yeah that was we, that was it we, we didn't know any better back then, though. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have a computer back. I had a computer, but it was like an e-machines old ass, like could barely run SimCity 2000 computer. So there was no way it was gonna run Kotar back then. There was no way in hell. Mm-hmm. But um, so I I can't. I went over to my friend's house one day after school, and he was playing it, and I didn't know what it was, and he and I and he was like, "Yeah, this is a Star Wars game that just came out," and I'm like, "This is a Star Wars game?" I'm like, "Hello, like you're talking to people in dialogue, like it's Morrowind or something, like what's going on here?" So mm-hmm. I thought it was amazing, so I, I had to get it, and um, I didn't get it till Christmas that year, and just played the living bejesus out of it for did like months straight like just months and months straight i can't it was it was just it's it's my favorite game of all time now but besides mm-hmm. maybe um legend of lagaya which is a jrpg i don't know if you ever heard of it but, oh, okay. um, that and kotar are my two favorite games of all time i don't know if i could ever choose between the two honestly but but yeah just kotar is a great game so that's yeah the rest is history you know i've been playing yeah, it ever but, since yeah that's awesome that's awesome yeah when it when it first came out i I was a uh, I was always a PlayStation uh, guy. I still am, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I had to had to save up my pennies and get the Xbox just so I could just so I could play it because yeah, it was something like crazy like we'd never seen like you're like you said you're running around like in Star Wars talking to people like all this mm-hmm. stuff you know because we'd had you know like X Wing versus Tie Fighter and uh, you know Rebel Assault and uh, you know stuff like that the Episode One game you know stuff it like that. It was really but the never... first Star Wars RPG like that's what it was and it was like it was so big. Exactly, exactly. Um, now, I don't uh, remember, Cassia, did you play it the first time on Xbox, or did you play it on the PC? Computer, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, wow. so, you, ne- so you never you never felt the pain of that giant Xbox controller? I remember looking at that <laughs> controller, and I'm like, it's basically, like, I don't know, like, the size of a shoe, you know? <laughs> and, like, wow. Uh, they've gotten better over the years, but... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the Xbox controller of today is, like, considered by a lot of experts to be the best controller. Mm -hmm. Like, in general. Like, it's really good. But, yeah, the old X, the original Xbox controller. I didn't have the original Phase 1. I had the Phase 2, which was a little... Uh, It was a little smaller, yeah. Yeah, it was a little better. Um, But those original ones that you could literally put a, uh, a memory slot into... Which again, mm-hmm. they were built in, but they had memory. They did have like these memory cards, so you could transfer files and stuff, and like bring them over to your friend's house, so you could like play your file over there. But they had like those big slots for those memory cards, and that's that's part of why the the controller was so huge was because yeah. of those slots. Yeah, I had the oh. I had the original controller because I I got my Xbox. I was a I was a starving college student at the time, so I got it is refurbished from GameStop, and it came it was a bundle, so it came with Halo. It came with, uh, I don't know, one of the one of the Maddens, I think. Um, that's mm. uh, that's football for anyone out there uh, listening yes. <laughs> who doesn't who doesn't know. Um, and uh, Kotor. Um, so I had those three games, and then I uh, purchased uh, Kotor two. Um, you know when that came out later, and those were the only four games I ever had for Xbox. That was the only time I ever owned an Xbox, and then uh, I got uh, rid of it when when we moved. I, I went back to the PlayStation, so I I really only got it just so I could play uh, Kotor and uh, Kotor Two, um, which which I think you know was was probably good enough. I think that's all that's all you need. People might be out there. A good investment, yeah. People might be yelling, you know, that I didn't uh, play Halo more, but that's no. that's okay. I was no, I was I was what. all into all into Kotor. 
I'll tell you what, one, one, one summer I went down the shore, my family like owned a place down there, we went down the shore for the summer, and uh, I forgot to bring my Xbox, I just, I forgot, and I had saved up money from, you know, cutting lawns and whatnot that summer, so, mm-hmm. or, the, or the summer before, I had some money still saved up, so I literally went to the store and bought an Xbox just so I could play Kotar Oh, like, wow. while I'm down the shore for the summer. <laughs> oh, good for you. Yeah. Uh, that is, <laughs> a whole that's... brand new Xbox just for that. And then and then I returned it uh, when we went home. <laughs> uh, oh, nice. See, now that that is dedication. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. So I, could, I uh, couldn't be without Kotar. That's, that's how addicted I was to it. I couldn't do it. Yeah. yeah, that's that. That's fair. That's fair. So when you when you're playing Kotor, when when you play it the first time, I think you're kind of I I don't know. Maybe you're not, but I, I would think that most people kind of try to lean towards the towards the light side. But uh, but what about you? Are are you a light side playthrough? Are you a dark side playthrough? Are you like me? Sometimes I'll set out and I'll like intend to do a dark side playthrough, and then I always uh, like bail on it like halfway through. I'm like, nah, that's... I'm being too mean to people. I don't like yep. it. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I, I usually do. I have done dark side playthroughs just to do them, just to see what it's like. But ninety percent of all my playthroughs are light side because I'm one of those people, like you just said, that especially when I was a kid, I would feel legitimately bad, like when I'm being mean to an NPC. Like it's just mm-hmm. my em- my empathy stat in real life is just too high. Like <laughs> I just can't. I can't do it. So um, yeah, most of the time I'm just light side. Unfortunate, but 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 honestly, and this is coming from an expert, of course, because I played the crap out of this game. The best builds in Kotar One are light side builds. Okay, and you mm-hmm. can you can at me on that because they are, especially like the consular build, huge. You could you could literally one shot Malik with this build. I'm not even kidding. I'll, I'll tell you about it later if you want. But, That's yeah. cool. <laughs> Yeah. Now, uh, what about you, Cassia? Have you ever have you ever actually played a dark side playthrough, or is it something you just have to live vicariously through people who, um, you know, can can be mean to all the NPCs out there? I think sometimes I tried to do dark side, but like in Kotor one, I would say like the light and dark can be pretty extreme. So like if you're going to go dark side, it's like it's like not like a nuanced kind of dark side. It's kind of like just evil like evil evilness you know uh mm-hmm. i mean sometimes like when you have the choice like where you can turn like light or dark sometimes like i'd be like super light-sided and then like choose to turn you know yeah and then um in Kotor 2 i think it's almost like harder to turn to the dark side just like because it's like you feel like you have to save all of the masters you know um yeah but i i was never really satisfied with the dark side uh i like the light side better so yeah yeah For, force heal is just too good you know yeah. but um <laughs> dark side in Kotor 2 is a lot more fun though like it's it's a lot better because because of like the classes you know how you get like the upgraded classes yeah mm-hmm. like, the, like the sith lord class is just broken so it's a oh, lot okay. yeah okay. i really i really like dark side and in kotar 2 and kotar 1 like i said i feel like a lot of the uh, builds in kotar 1 are more are better if they're light side but again if you get a high charisma stat it doesn't really matter anyway because you know the, the modifiers and yeah basically if you can <laughs> uh have high persuasion high charisma and when you can't persuade people, you can be good at, like, uh, modifying droids. Like, basically, you have 
most of everything covered, I think. You know what I really wish? You ever play Fallout New Vegas? Not New Vegas. Mm -mm. Really? Okay. So in Fallout New Vegas, if you get your um, charisma, like your persuasion stat high enough, you can literally talk the final boss down. Hmm. You can can talk him down to, like, not fight you. Hmm. I oh, wish there was cool. a way. Yeah, I wish there was a way in Kotar to where if you got your charisma, your persuasion high enough, you would like fight Malik for a little bit. But maybe you could persuade him to the light side or something. Like you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. talk him down. Yeah. Like, that would have been that would have been cool if they added in something like that. I know there's like this. I don't know if it was a mod that somebody did or if it was like cut content that's like lost or something. But there was supposedly they were going to put in a way to turn Malik to the light side, and he was gonna like leave with you as huh. you like you know escape the the star forge so i don't know if that's like true or not it's just like things i've heard. I've, I've seen like images of it, it but it might have mm-hmm. been just like a mod somebody did probably or whatever but i don't know i thought it was interesting that i feel like they should have maybe did something like that but. there was a cut yeah. content ending where you could be a dark side female that uh karth could come yes and you I could like die together one. and i'm like that's like so poetic and beautiful like even though I think, like, most, uh, I think most players right now, uh, because, like, Revan was canonically male, I think, like, most people kind of gravitate towards a male Revan, but, like, I think everyone kind of agrees, like, that's, like, a tragically beautiful or beautifully tragic ending. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it was a real beautifully tragic, poetic ending in Kotar 2, the original Kotar 2 ending where Adden dies. I think that, that was like, they, they should have left that in. Like, mm-hmm. Why did they leave that? Like, why didn't they leave that in? Like, I love Adden, don't get me wrong, but it's like, that was yeah, like, I... it's like restored content, isn't it? Like somebody did a mod with the restored content and like, and like he has this whole spiel that he gives off as he's dying and it's just like the most beautiful thing you ever heard in your life. Mm-hmm. You guys know what yeah. I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, yeah, and you, you you get that if you're playing the restored content, and I think that the restored okay. content is kind of what um, they're looking at as the uh, the quote unquote like canon version of the game. Um, Should you know, be honestly, because the of, game was rushed, and it's a shame because it could have been so much better yeah. if it wasn't rushed the way it was. Yeah. So I just I just finished. Um, I, I didn't do it online or anything, but I just finished a playthrough of uh, KOTOR with the restored content. Yeah, so I know exactly what you're talking about, because that's pretty fresh in my mind, mind still. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. And while we're kind of on the on the topic of, you know, kind of what, what could have been or what should have been, um, Aspire, we mentioned them a little bit ago. They're, you know, they've done all these ports, and now they're doing the remake for KOTOR. Um, are there any, like, hopes and dreams that you have? for that um or anything that you you want to see or things you think that they might change for the better or for the worse but uh just kind of your general thoughts and and hopes for for that it's been kind of you know we haven't gotten a ton of information about it since kind of that initial reveal but uh what are what are your thoughts there about the remake coming um i really just i'm trying to be optimistic you know i'm trying to be hopeful there's Mm -hmm. just a lot of remakes that have come out in recent time that just uh, don't quite hit the mark. But, I mean, Asper seems like a good company. Um, I've even talked with them, like, on Twitter a few times. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, 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 again, I'm just, I'm just being optimistic. I'm really hoping that they leave the core story alone. I don't mm-hmm. want them to change anything major. They can change little story things here and there, maybe tighten up some things, whatever. 
Um, but for the most part, I really do not think they should change anything about, you know, this, the, the heart of the story, because if they do, then it's not really Kotar, you know, because that's what mm -hmm. a Kotar is at the end of the day. It's the story. It's, yeah. it's all about that story. And it's a story that I like more than the movies. And, yeah. Know. So that and, you know, please let HK be as brutal as he was in the original. Please. I'm like, I'm so scared. What about what about you, Cassie? I, we've we've talked on the podcast a couple of times about the remake and, and what we hope, but but anything uh, uh, from from your side that you're that you're hoping or uh, anything like that. I guess running the podcast, um, kind of when I first started it, I was I think I would say like more of an orthodox Kotor fan. Like there was only mm -hmm. in my view only one way to Kotor, but uh, as I've kind of like. As we've, you know, uh, kind of covered KOTOR, we kind of, like, look at it from multiple perspectives, like male Revan, mm -hmm. female Revan, light side, dark side. What if, like, there's a, a third way, you know? Like, what if we kind of switch the orders of the planets, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. So I guess, like, for me, like, I'm comfortable uh, with some changes, uh, but... Because to me, like, the KOTOR that's canon is my head canon, and... Right. Me too. Me yeah. Too. And we've, we've pitched, like, a, a KOTOR trilogy that, you know, is, is canon in my head, and it got some Oscar noms, you know, and, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, and was pretty successful financially in my head, you know, in our heads, mm -hmm. you know, like... <laughs> that's right. You know... <laughs> We're uh, living so, off those so residuals for that. sure. Yeah. 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 I think, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the, the story getting in front of more eyes, but yeah, I hope, I hope they kind of keep what, what, you know, made KOTOR special and it is kind of that story because, uh, we can assume that the, the combat is going to change, uh, somewhat, but yeah, hopefully it, you know, at least keeps, at least keeps the, the threads of, of kind of that general story. But, but yeah, the big thing for me, I'm just excited that it's come in and it's going to get in front of a lot more people, especially, you know, people that are younger now who might, you know, they might have uh, people like us being like, oh, you should play this game. It's great. And then they turn it on and they're like, what is this that I'm playing? <laughs> it, it looks weird and it acts weird. I don't under, understand what you expect me to do this for the next 30 hours. I don't know. So so hopefully it just, you know, gets kind of in front of some new eyes who might have uh, otherwise not been uh, able to get into the story. Because, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm, you know, us with this podcast and uh, you, you know, with your with your channel and your love for KOTOR. Um, it is a story. It's it's a great Star Wars story. You know, uh, one of the best, if not the best, Star Wars story. So I think it's just great that it's uh, going to be getting back out there for people. Right. I just wish they wouldn't change the combat. Honestly, a lot of people don't like the combat system in Kotar, but I love it. Like I love the D twenty system and everything. I mean, yeah. what if, if they do change it? I hope that they will at least maybe. Have you guys played the Final Fantasy VII remake? Have you played that? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that. Uh, hopefully, yeah, if option, they do, right? yeah, like, you can do to, it either to way. switch it to turn base, like, if you mm -hmm. want. Or or it could be the live action. I heard somebody say it might be, like, God of War or something. Like, oh, God, no, like, please. It's just a completely different game than gameplay-wise. Like, it's not an RPG. Yeah. Like, it's got to have some kind of, at least an RTS element. Like, if they gave it, like, the combat system of uh, Dragon Age Inquisition... That okay. would be fine. Like, that could work perfect, you know? And that's probably what they should do. Or, again, 
put in the option to switch mm-hmm. the, you know what I mean? Because Final Fantasy VII Remake did it. They could do it. Um, yeah, yeah, I think either, yeah, giving you the option or, or maybe you kind of meet like halfway in the middle. Um, I'm not I'm not sure what the, the combat in the Dragon Age, but I'm thinking of like uh, Parasite Eve where it's kind of that. Uh, that uh, I love Parasite Eve. That, I'm actually doing you know, a review on Parasite Eve right now. Hmm. Where it's it's kind of that uh, it's it's still the turn-based RPG or, mm-hmm. you know, you sort of elements to it, you know, but you, but you can. Yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. So, so maybe something like that, maybe kind of like a like a half step in between. But yeah, we'll just we'll just have to wait and see, and hopefully we'll get a, a little bit more news yeah. on that front um, in the future. Um, but one of the things we're definitely looking forward to um, in the remake or going back through or doing doing playthroughs, anything like that, is more of this story. Um, and the big part of why we love this story so much is because there is a whole cast of characters in Kotor that we love. So, uh, Ragebox. Mm. Yep. Favorite Kotor characters. Uh, who are they and why? Well, hands hands down, number one is uh, my my man, Dead Eye Duncan. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. All right, he's a of legend. Course. He's a he le- dude. No, I know. <laughs> I know you. Hey, he got he got off Terrace. How do you how do you escape Terrace on your own like that? He found a way. He's he's a legend. But no, seriously. Uh, of course, it's Revan. Um, okay. Revan, Revan's not only one of my favorite Kotar characters, but probably my favorite Star Wars character of all time. I mean, there's just there's there's no comparison. He's like he's like a legend. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then right right below him's like Exar Kun, but he's he's mentioned in Kotar, but he's not in Kotar, so I can't count him for Kotar. But um, Revan, I guess Karth. I really like Karth. A lot of people don't like Karth because he's whiny, but I kind of like that about him. Uh, and you got you got Candorus. I love Candorus. He's great. Um, pretty much everybody on the main cast, but everybody on the main cast besides like Juhani. Like Juhani's okay. okay. Like she's okay, but I, I don't care for her much. But like everyone else is like great. Like, it's just the whole the whole story. Uh, Malik's a cool villain. You know, he's he's got like he's reminiscent of Vader a little bit because of the whole jaw thing. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and and I know that's that's what they were going for. Um, and and, it, and it's pulled off like perfectly. You know the scene like where he's getting his jaw like fixed up, and he turns around to like his admiral, and like his jaw is just missing. And the expression on the admiral's face is like, <laughs> especially for like a two thousand and three game, is spot on. It's it's so spot on. And then and then you get a game like uh, Andromeda where they couldn't get the faces done. Like and that game came out in like two thousand sixteen or whatever. <laughs> it's right. So, it's so ridiculous. But it's just it's amazing. I, I love. And it's like it's little things like that is what makes Kotar amazing. But, um, yeah, it's, it's really hard to, to really just, cause I could go on for hours about my favorite characters because I just, there's so many good ones. Like even, even like Bendix Starkiller is like great. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, yeah. you, you don't, you don't even know much about them, but like Star they built, they, they build them up so perfectly that it's like, you know, even a character that's just like, uh, a quick kill off for a quest is still just like really interesting. Even even the even the freaking uh, uh, what's it the, the 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 sand people chieftain, like he's interesting, mm-hmm. you know because because they they tell you or no, no no it's the story holder whoever he is he he like tells you the whole history of the sand people mm-hmm. and like that's mm-hmm. like the coolest thing about Kotar is that there's like stories within stories to where like you literally learn how Tatooine became a desert planet because of the Rakatan and how it affected the sand people. And like and like, it's all uh, it's just so good. Like it just it created so much backstory and rich lore to the already established like universe. All Kotar did was enrich the Star Wars universe more 
Like mm-hmm. it didn't, and, and it's like, and then and then they just erase it from canon when Disney comes along. It's like, screw you, Mickey. I don't care what you say. Like Kotar's still canon because, like I just said, all it does is make Star Wars better. We, so there's no reason for it not to be canon. Uh, we did just do an episode, ten reasons why Kotor is totally canon. Yeah, and, that's right. I just I was watching it earlier. Yeah, and I don't know. I think like, uh. Because it's four thousand years before, uh, like the Skywalker timeline, I, I think it's still canon and becoming more canon each day. I think it's just they're yeah. waiting for the perfect time to bring. Well, it back when the remake end. comes out, the remake will be canon. So that oh. that will make it canon. But the thing is, I don't even really go by Disney canon. And I, I could explain my reasons why, but it would probably take forever. But um, I don't I don't go by Disney canon. I basically go by uh, what George's canon was because that's the actual canon because he's the mythos holder. He's the one that created the whole thing. Um, and then a little bit of my head canon, you know, with Kotar and, and whatnot. But mm-hmm. Kotar just like I said, it, it just makes the story better. You can you can trace the events from Kotar all the way to the movies because the rule of two thing that Bane invented, the reason Bane invented it was because he was inspired by Revan's holocron. So, mm-hmm. Revan inspired Bane to do the Rule of Two, and it was the Rule of Two that led up to the fall of the Republic and the movies and all that. Hmm. So, yeah. it's like, you can literally tie it all in, and it's it's perfect. It's just, you know, so. Kotar's canon, I don't care anybody says. <laughs> that that's right that's right um and yeah i mean when you when you step back away from kind of kind of that timeline it gives you the opportunity to tell those stories and now honestly i just want to see like fan art of dead eye duncan like hanging on to like the landing gear of the ebon hawk like right. i want to see how he escaped yeah like he says he got aboard like a sith ship or something that was abandoned like he jumped aboard and then he like he got out of there like, that's just so, like, crazy, though. He's just, like, this regular old guy that, like, used to lose in the dueling ring all the time, and then he somehow... And I know it's cut content, so you could debate whether or not it's actually canon to, to Kotar, <laughs> but but I like to believe that it's real, you know, because I, I always play with the restored content mod now, so... Yeah, there you go, there you go. He got it, he nah, got it out of there. I love that, so... Um, yeah, so he escapes from Terrace, um, and then... Uh, Terra Terrace is one of the options here, but what are what's your favorite Kotor locations? So he had he had kind of some stuff that we'd seen before in the movies and some new ones. Uh, what's your what's your favorite uh, spot to go visit when you're playing Man- Kotor? Manon, Manon, hands down. I love Manon. Okay. Okay. A lot, a lot of people don't like the water levels, but I'm a water guy. I love water. Just any any kind of water level in any game, I actually love it. Uh, and the music on Manon is just, I could listen to it for, for hours. Yeah. I, I fall i fall asleep to it sometimes. Like, I, I love it. It's just, it's like, it just oozes, like, nostalgia and peace, peaceful, atmospheric goodness. It's, it's amazing. I just, and the stories on Manon, like, the quests are, in my opinion, some of the best quests in the game. Like, mm-hmm. with, with, with the murder trial, like, that is so awesome. It's like, you're literally a detective, like, putting your Jedi detective skills to the test. And it's so great because when I was a kid and I played it, I thought that, you know, Sunri was innocent. I thought he was innocent, legitimately. But it wasn't until years later that I read a forum post saying, oh, there's this secret evidence you can find. He's actually guilty. And it blew my mind because I'm like, all these years he's actually been guilty? I do it. And what do you know? I find the recording. He's actually guilty. I was like, oh, my God. Like, this goes so deep. Like, it's like, yeah. it's so deep. And it's such a good quest, too. Like, it's, it's just amazing. And then it's like, it's such a... I'm all about symbolism, and 
Manon is so symbolic of like just like the yin and yang because which water is symbol represents symbolically in a lot of ancient I won't get into it but so Manon is 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 symbolically symbolically uh, yin and yang because you got the peaceful uh, Otho city it's nice and peaceful there's no fighting really mm -hmm. it's just like the detective quest and stuff, and then you get to the submarine level, and it's the exact opposite. It's like chaos and fighting and and craziness. So and I, and I love that. I love that it's it's got that going on. The and the sub level part is just the 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 sea base. It's so cool. Like mm -hmm. I, I love it with the shark. The 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 one scene with the shark when, when you meet shark, the guy. The mm -hmm, the Fraxen shark when you meet the guy. And I thought that was crazy. I was like, there's actually a guy still alive down here? Like, holy shit. And then he goes out, and then he turns around, and he just gets scooped up by the shark really quick. Yeah. I love that. I love that scene. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I think Manon is one of those ones. Like, if you're if you're playing KOTOR, like, the first time as, like, a like a kid or a teenager, it's probably, like, lost on you. And you're like, this, this level's pretty boring. But, yeah, if you if you keep me, playing yeah, it, as it. you as you get older, yeah, you definitely start to appreciate kind of... Uh, kind of the vibes that it's putting out there, and like you said, kind of the the duality of the the planet, and you know, kind of this this forced uh, peace treaty uh, that's going on there. I know um, uh, we both think pretty highly of Manon after uh, going through our uh, kind of story adaptation, Cassia. Yeah. Really? Like you agree that they should have stayed neutral in the war? Um. Well, I don't know if they should have stayed neutral, but from their vantage point, neutrality serves the their interests yeah. more because they have Colto and they can make money from both sides. Yeah, so that's I, smart. I, I can see why they <laughs> do it. And to me, a neutrality is an interesting storytelling option after like sometimes Star Wars, I mean, it's called Star Wars, you know, not Star Peace, yeah. not Star Neutrality. Um, <laughs> it's... But, like, it's kind of interesting where it's, like, they're kind of forced into this position to be neutral, to get what they want, and it's kind of, like, where things get a little murky, you know? And it's, like, mm -hmm. these characters are kind of, like, what are they willing to do to, like, win, like, the equivalent of, like, World War Two? Like, can they keep their conscience clean? Like, are these light or dark side decisions? Like, so, if mm -hmm. KOTOR were ever to be adapted into a movie, like... The Manon section would be like my favorite. Yeah, for sure. It's a uh, yeah, yeah. It's a really fascinating uh, part there for sure. So um, yeah, that's awesome. I, we left on some good characters. We left on some good locations, and we learned a lot about uh, video game streaming and you know talking about you know kind of our history with Star Wars. A bunch of really fun stuff with our guest Ragebox today. Uh, Ragebox. Uh, where can yep. people find you? Well, first off, thank you so much for coming uh, on yeah, today. We we really appreciate having you on. Um, I'm glad we were able to to kind of hook up and you know check out each other's content and and get you on here. And hopefully, you know, people that are uh, wanting to watch some good uh, streaming content can go check you out. But uh, where can people find you online? Uh, what do you have? Do you have anything coming up? Um, I heard I heard rumors that Kotor two could be down the pipeline. Um, any update on that? <laughs> but 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 let us know anything you want to let us know. Yeah, um, well, if you want to find me, just go to YouTube and type Ragebox in the search bar. I'll, I'll come right up. If you want to find me on YouTube, I got, you know, Facebook, Twitter. It's all it's all Ragebox. Um, as for upcoming uh, stuff, I got Season 2 of Let's Play Kotar coming. I know a lot of people are looking forward to that. 
Uh, so I'm, I'm currently working on that. Uh, like I said earlier, I got a, a Parasite Eve review. It's not really a review, but I have this series called Should It Be Remade, where I talk about mm. a game and if it should get a remaster, like why it should, uh, if it's even possible. Yada yada, so episode three of Should It Be Remade, I'm going to be talking about Parasite Eve and if that's going to get a remake, or if it should. I Spoilers, it definitely should. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but that's that's about it. So yeah, just uh, Ragebox, search it up on YouTube, I'll come right up. I appreciate you guys having me on, it's been, it's been fun. I hope I can come on for a future episode, we can chat more about Kotar, because... As you guys could probably tell, I could chat about it for eons. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully um, hopefully, we'll be getting some more news. Uh, here is kind of some of the video game uh, conventions and uh, mm-hmm. press conferences and stuff start to start to take hold. Hopefully, we'll get a little bit more uh, I heard information. September. I heard regarding September. We might, get oh, okay. more, uh, we might get more news from Asper in September is what I heard. So. Okay, we'll perfect. Well, fingers fingers crossed for that. And then, uh, yeah, love to have you back on sometime. So thanks so much for, for coming on. Uh, go check out uh, Ragebox on YouTube. Watch some playthroughs and, you know, let us know uh, what games, you know, we should be playing um, on the, the Twitch channel. And uh, come check that out, too. So uh, thanks, everyone, for hopping on. Uh, Cassia, why don't you sign us off? And may the force be with us all. Always. The Older Public Podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, as well as everywhere else that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Subscriptions, reviews, and shares help us out. And if you want to connect with the podcast on Twitter, we can be found at Old Republic Pod. And if you want to connect with me, I can be found on Instagram at Astro underscore Droid underscore. You can find us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Old Republic Podcast. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Dennis S. Mowers at DennisSMowersMusic.com. This episode of the Old Republic Podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now.